Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are tuned in to Calvary Live. So glad that you are joining us for this next hour. Welcome, everyone. So blessed to be with you today. My name is Jeff Figgs. I will be your host taking your questions and your prayer requests. And so now's a great time to grab one of those open lines at 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be on the air, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. So as we are uh, at the end of the work week or school week, uh, I pray that uh, you had a blessed week, uh, and we want to end it on a wonderful note and on a positive note and looking at Scripture as you ask questions or as uh, we go to the throne of grace in time of need as you give your prayer requests. So so delighted to be with you. Grab one of those open lines. It's, it's uh, always um, good to do that early in the show because sometimes the lines get tied up and they get full. And, and so if you want to get on the air, give me a call at 303-690-3000, and you can ask questions about the Bible or perhaps about Christian living or some of the things that you see going on around us, how do we look at it as Christians, our worldview, and that we will go to God's Word and take a look at God's Word because God's Word is truth, and it will guide us, and we can receive godly wisdom. Also, I want to be able to pray with you if you have prayer needs, and I'm sure that perhaps uh, some of you had a difficult week this week, a challenging week, um, and so it's a great way to, to end the work week as we head into the weekend and just being able to receive prayer. Uh, I want to read to you from uh, the book of Isaiah in chapter 40. I was just reading this before we went on the air, um, that uh, have you have you not known and have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable, and he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strengths, and they shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And maybe you feel like that um, it's been a very difficult week for you, and that your strength has fainted, and you're weary, and uh, it feels like that you've fallen, whatever. We're here to pray with you and to remind you that the Lord is here, and um, he wants to renew your strength, and uh, he wants to bless you, and uh, he wants to do a work in your life, and we need to know that. One of the things that I've been reminding the congregation going through the book of Revelation is we see all these things going on, and, and in the tribulation period, it seems like the Antichrist is going to win, and the and um, all this taking place, and the tribulation saints are being persecuted, and and uh, it, it seems like um, that the Antichrist is going to win, but he's not. The Antichrist, of course, being directly influenced by Satan himself. And listen, the enemy is not going to win, and he's not going to win in your life. And so I want to encourage you. I want to 
take you to the promises of God, um, to give you the comfort of the Lord today, and to be able to pray with you. So give me a call. I'm sure that there are those of you who are out there as you're listening on Grace FM, you're listening live today, all along the Front Range in Colorado from Pueblo, Fountain, Colorado Springs on 101.7. And then also as you are listening on 89.7 in northern Colorado from Castle Rock up into southern Wyoming. Love to hear from you guys in Wyoming and Cheyenne and Laramie. And and, uh, as you head out towards the Nebraska Panhandle, give me a call at 303-690-3000. And love to talk with you and encourage you in any way that uh, that I can. Uh, also, there is a means for you to a second way that you can ask questions and uh, to give prayer requests, and that's through a dedicated text line. And the dedicated text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. And so you can text in. Uh, a question or a prayer request, make sure that you do it safely. We want to make sure that you're safe. We want to welcome all the listeners also on the East Coast listening on Truth FM and Hope FM. Welcome, welcome. And as you are listening to the program on your syndicated Christian station, uh, just remember that you're a week delayed, but you can call and then you can listen to the conversation next week. But there's also many online listeners as well. And so we want to welcome you. I see um, that there are those uh, that are listening in from uh, not only the East Coast, but down south in Alabama and in California and in Kansas and, and, and other places, Nebraska. Uh, you can call, too, as our online audience increases and more people are listening. Give me a call and anywhere in the United States. And uh, that number is 303-690-3000. And let's talk about the things of the Lord. So grab one of those open lines. Let's let's go to the Lord together. Let's be blessed together. Um, we have the privilege of being able to study God's Word uh, here uh, on the show, to go to God's Word and to be able to receive answers. And that's what this show is about. It's not only to answer your, your questions, but also to encourage you as um, perhaps you call in and you need that encouragement, or you just need some wisdom, or perhaps you need just prayer to, um, as you have people that you care for and you love and uh, you're concerned for, we want to lift them up in prayer today. So 303-690-3000, and then that text line 720-336-0897. While we're waiting for the phone lines to come in, I want to remind you that this Sunday we'll be back in First Timothy, uh, and it's been a great study. I think it's so important for the church to understand, as Paul's writing to Timothy, that young pastor, about church conduct and church order. And it's important for us to know that as leaders and as uh, the model is given to us and how the church should be. In First Timothy, we see certainly Paul's instructing young Timothy in that. And so we're, we're, we're looking at that. It, it's been so valuable because today it seems like more and more the church is being influenced by culture rather than the Word of God. And we want to look at the Word of God when it comes to church order, when it comes to church conduct, when it comes to leadership, when it comes to the roles of men and women in the church, when it comes to um, how the church should look and, and uh, what the it should look like, uh, the responsibilities and roles of leadership and those who are serving in the church. So we invite you to come out, and the service times are at 8 and 9.30 and 11 o'clock, three Sunday morning services. We've got a place for all the kids, for the youth, 
And uh, love to have you come out to Calvary Chapel Greeley. Just check it out on our website at calvarychapelgreeley.com. Hey, we got a couple open lines. Again, uh, give me a call. Uh, grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley here in northern Colorado. So blessed to be with you. So let's begin with Dan in Denver. Hello. Um, how are actually, you? How are you, Dan? I'm doing well. I actually called you last Friday, and it was at the end of the show, and we were talking about Revelation 17, verse 8, and I was trying to pinpoint the timing of yeah. that verse with you, I believe. Was that you last Friday? Yeah, I believe it was. And you, the verse was talking about the beast that, um, that arises out of the uh, bottomless pit. Correct. That was your focus, right? See, I yeah. did remember, Dan. <laughs> so go ahead, make your comments, and then we'll kind of go from there. Okay, um, so when I was studying Revelation 17, once I get to verse 8, and it talks about the beast that comes out of the abyss, to my knowledge, the only time Lucifer is in the abyss is during the millennium. So then mm. if it's talking about he's about to come out of the abyss to face his destruction. Well, he's let out of the abyss for a short time to deceive the nations, but that's right before they set up, or God sets up the, the new heaven and the new earth, as far as I could tell. Right, right. So then it kind of tells me that the timing of Revelation 17, then, or that gives me mm-hmm. a time marker that Revelation 17 is during the millennium and not pre-millennium. Yeah, and... and- there's there's a couple of problems with that being in the millennium reign, but you know he he ascends out of the abyss, and I think right before we went off the air, I was reading from also chapter eleven, where the same thing is said of him um, that um, he comes out of um, the abyss and he kills the two witnesses. It says that in chapter eleven, verse seven that the two witnesses, when they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. So the same thing is said there. The thing with the two witnesses is that they have been given to be witnesses. They will um, tread the foot, as John's told, to, to measure the temple, and they are going to tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months, and then also we know that the two witnesses that we are told that their ministry is going to be for three and a half years as well. And after right. they finish their testimony, so that that doesn't, to me, fit into the millennium reign. But one thing that, Dan, you might look at is in chapter 9, and this is the part that we didn't really get to, that it says that um, I saw... Uh, a star fallen from heaven to the earth, to him was given the keys to the bottomless pit. So during the tribulation period, he's given the keys to the bottomless pit. And of course, chapter 9 in this fifth trumpet, the locusts come from the bottomless pit. And many scholars believe that that one, this fallen star, is um, the one that is Satan himself. So the problem of it being in the millennium reign is that, first of all, Christ is ruling in the millennium reign, and he rule he he rules with a rod of iron. Uh, that that messianic psalm is Psalm chapter two, Revelation chapter nineteen says that I, I believe that 
Uh, he's going to come. He's going to rule with the rod of iron. And um, so to have the false church there, and when you read the rest of chapter 17, this yeah. is a worldwide <clears throat> false church. So but It um, kind of makes sense, though, that there has to be a false church, though, if Satan could be loose to deceive the nations. Is he deceiving that false church? Just because Christ is living on the throne, he's not taking your free will. Well, yeah, and and to me, that false church is not going to be— because when you read chapter 17, the false church is not only worldwide, but it's backed by the kings of the earth. To me, that does not fit in the millennium reign, because Jesus is going to be ruling. And we know that um, those who don't come up, as Zechariah chapter 14 says, to you know, to worship and to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, judgment will come on those nations. And, and so there is that rebellion, but to me, to take it chronologically, chapter 6 through 19 is dealing with that period of time, the tribulation period. Part of the judgment, as the angel said, the proclamation is Babylon's going to fall. And that okay. happens in the tribulation period. It does not happen in the millennium reign to me. So you might want to look at that more closely. Well, I'm going to dig into what, 12, and I think you said 6, was that? And then possibly Yeah, 11? chapter chap, chapter 9, okay. um, where he's given the keys to the bottomless pit. And that's part of the fifth judge uh, trumpet. So I think as you look at it, that that really the false church, to me, is not going to be in the millennium reign and um, that Jesus Christ is going to be ruling. Yes, right. there is going to be that great rebellion that's going to take place at the end, but it's not during. The false churches are going to grow. It's not going to be supported. Matter of fact, in chapter 17, who is that false church being supported by? It's being supported by the beast, right? So I don't think any of that is going to be coming on um, during the millennium reign. Um, the the beast is going to be actually put away during that time, and he's going to be sealed, right, in chapter 20? That right. he's going to be sealed, and that word is a very strong word. It means he ain't getting out. So he's not going to have that influence of the false church. Okay? Okay. Yeah, I got Keep studying, Dan. For you. If you got time, yeah. I don't know if your lands are full. Nope. Go ahead. Um. I was watching, I think it was Perry Stone, and he was talking about people that are going to make it into the rapture. And he was discussing how all throughout the Bible, there's incidences where, like the lady that had the bleeding issue, and she just thought if she could just touch his garment, that she would be healed. And Jesus said, with your faith, you're healed. And all throughout the Bible, with your faith, you're healed. And Jesus went to his hometown, and he wasn't able to do any miracles there because nobody had faith. So Perry Stone was saying that people that don't believe in the rapture aren't going to be raptured then, because they don't believe it. So what's your right. view on that, I guess? Yeah, and here, here's the thing. I, I think that we can easily go outside the bounds of what the Scripture says. And, you know, there, unfortunately, there's more Christians that don't believe in the rapture. There's even churches that don't believe in the rapture. Um, Dan, they're saying there's going to be no rapture, there's no millennium reign, um, and that's unfortunate, but here's the thing. It's believers that are going to be raptured. There are those who have, I 
hold to the pre-tribulation rapture, that we'll be raptured before the tribulation period. There are those who believe that in a mid-trib and a post-trib and a pre-wrath and all this, we're not going to be raptured because of what position that we have you know, on the rapture of the church. I don't see that in Scripture. Uh, we're going to be raptured because we're believers. And I always kind of tease my, my friends who, you know, they love the Lord, they're, they're saved because they believe in Jesus Christ, they have a different view of the rapture of the church. I just tell them, you know, when the rapture happens and we're going up, I'm going to tell you, see, I told you so. Um, but, you know, we can disagree on those things, but there's nothing in the Scripture that I see that indicates that, because here is Paul when he says, Behold, I tell you a mystery, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will send sound, and the dead uh, will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And so he's talking and making a reference about how the rapture, when it takes place, uh, it's going to happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. But he says we sh- shall all be changed, not those who have the proper view of the rapture. So I got to take for what the Bible says and believe that those who are believers in Jesus Christ, the church, are going to be raptured up. Okay? Thank you so much. Thank have you, Dan. Good question. Hey, appreciate you calling. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good weekend. Hey, 303-690-3000. We have open lines, and so would love to uh, have you call in. And while you have the opportunity to do it, I know we're at the end of the week. You're probably busy with getting ready for ball games or the weekend activities. It's you know, a wonderful time of year in Colorado. Many people that I know heading up to the mountains for the fall. Uh, the weather's been nice. The aspens are changing. But, hey, give me a call. Let's end the work week, the school week, on a great note. Give me a call. Perhaps you've had a question that you've had for a long time that you wanted to call in, 303-690-3000. we got open lines. Or to be able to text in a question uh, at 720-336-0897. There's somebody that called that didn't want to be on the air, but um, I'm going to read it. Five years of ministry as a single parent uh, trying to minister to women. Um, She didn't have many people helping her. Then when a new woman's ministry leader came, everyone seemed to want to help her now. She is discouraged from that. Do you have advice or encouragement for her? And I just do want to encourage her that, listen, the Lord's got a ministry for you. And sometimes that we feel like that our ministry, we get set aside, or perhaps that uh, our ministry isn't important, or God's blessing somebody else in their ministry, and so God has a ministry for you, and um, I know that it, it's discouraging when you've been ministering for five years. Uh, it seems like it was a struggle. It seems like that you didn't get much help, um, and then all of a sudden somebody new comes along, and it seems like they're getting the help, and uh, they're being blessed through ministry. But listen, look to the Lord. He has a plan for you. Uh, he wants to use you. Um, he's not done with you. And I just want to encourage you. And and um, that, uh, you know, Paul, when he was writing, I was just quoting from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 about the rapture and the resurrection. At the end of the chapter, he says this, that uh, be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, uh, for your labor is not in vain. And in your labor is not in vain what you did for those ladies. 
And I also want to encourage you also in Zechariah chapter 4, when Zechariah was a time where he was discouraged. And he was, you know, coming back from the captivity from Babylon. Um, Him and Joshua, they're going to rebuild the temple. And they began to lay the foundations of the temple. And then the work stopped. And the work stopped for a lot of years. And I'm sure Zerubbabel was discouraged. And Joshua, the high priest, uh, he was discouraged. And the people started turning inwardly. And they focused on their their own houses, and and you can read about that in the Old Testament. But then the angel came to give a message to Zerubbabel and said, Zerubbabel, hey, um, the hands that started the temple are going to be the hands that finished it. And and he goes on and he says that um, the temple's going to be finished, and don't despise the day of small things. And I think that is so important for any of us that are in ministry, don't despise the day of small things. And it may seem like that things aren't happening and working out the way that you thought, and people are not responding to the ministry that God has given to us. But listen, that God is working. And just as he was working with Zerubbabel, um, he said that it's going to be finished, and it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Let him just do the work that he wants to do. And, and sometimes we think, you know what, this is a small work, and, and we begin to despise it or we get frustrated. Listen, no work that you do for the Lord is is in vain, and it is not small in the Lord's eyes, and he will perfect that which concerns you. And that's what David wrote in the Psalms, and that's a promise for you, that he's going to perfect that which concerns you. Just trust to him, look to him, let him work through you and and keep you know serving him and always remember this as paul writes in second corinthians chapter 5 is that our motivation is love for jesus christ he said it's the love of christ that constrains us and that needs to be your main motivation um because i love you lord and i just want to be available and um and so i hope that is an encouragement to you um that and for anybody who may be listening right now, that maybe you're discouraged. Maybe it's raising your children in the ways of the Lord. Maybe it's taking care of elderly parents. Maybe it's, you know, serving in children's ministry or nursery or in the church somehow, and you feel like nobody appreciates it or or, or nobody notices. The Lord notices, and great will be your reward, and your labor is not in vain. So hopefully that's an encouragement. Hey, 303-690-3000. we got a couple open lines, and let's go to Ken in Aurora. Hi, Ken. Hi, Pastor. It's good to talk to you. Thanks for calling in. My question for you is, um, I have a, uh, my mother is a Christian, and uh, she's raised me, her and my dad, in the church, me and my siblings. Um, but there's always been something that kind of... Uh, troubled me, uh, which was uh, with regard to the Holy Ghost and receiving the Holy Ghost. And so they're kind of old school in in that their belief is that once a Christian is saved, um, that they don't necessarily have the Holy Spirit living on the inside, and that they have to, that the Christian has to tarry to get the Holy Spirit. So it's almost like a two steps to complete conversion, um, whereas a Christian, you can be a Christian and not have the Holy Spirit. 
And so that's not the way that I believe now that I've grown and uh, right. matured more in spiritual matters. But um, I was talking to my mother just recently, and and uh, and she was pretty much like, "Yeah, well, you know, I don't I don't believe that to be the case." So I guess I'm just needing your help in maybe pointing out some scriptures or something that I can maybe yeah. bring to my parents that could help. Yeah, and I think uh, good scripture is in Romans chapter 8, and it's interesting, you know, Ken, I was going to ask you, have you asked her, when do you receive the Holy Spirit? I mean, you come to Christ, you don't have the Holy Spirit, do you have to earn it? Is that what she thinks? Do you have to work for it? Yes. Uh, Her belief, uh, my parents' belief is that you have to work for it, like, uh, you know, and, and they pretty much both go back to uh, the day of Pentecost. It's kind of like, you know, the way that the, that the apostles, uh, well, the disciples were yeah. going forth, and the, and the people, and then and, and there's definitely a tongue element that I, I believe, uh, I'm not sure about my okay. father, my mother, but I know my father's like, well, you don't have the Holy Ghost unless you speak in tongues. Um, my mother may right. not believe that, but so it's, uh, I think you have yes. to strive for it, is what they would say. Yeah, and I think they, they're getting confused with the Holy Spirit in you and then the Holy Spirit coming upon you. Mm-hmm. When a person comes to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in them. Jesus, in Luke's Gospel, I believe, that before he ascended, he breathed on the Holy Spirit, and he said, Receive you the Holy Spirit. So the, the Holy Spirit is with everyone to convict them of sin, he said in John chapter 16. That's the that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit, to convict everyone of sin and their need for Jesus Christ. Then when we come to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in us, uh, E-N in the Greek. He, he's in us. We receive the Holy Spirit. A, a, a reference that you can also show is in Romans chapter 8, where Paul writes, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. So every believer has the Holy Spirit that is in them. And if they don't have the Holy Spirit, they're not believers. So that is in Romans chapter 8, verse 9. Okay? You. So you, you can show them that verse. Now Jesus, he breathed on the disciples. They were born again. The Holy Spirit was in them. Remember, he said, I'm going to, um, you know, send you another, the Comforter, the Helper, the Holy Spirit. And then he said, wait in Jerusalem for the coming upon of the Holy Spirit, for the, 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 um, the promise of the Father. So that's where you have in Acts chapter 1 that he said the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. That is epi in the Greek to give you the power to be my witnesses. So that is another function of the Holy Spirit. It's not only is in you as a believer, and you are born again by the Spirit of God, but then the Holy Spirit comes upon you to empower you, and that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. They were praying, and the Holy Spirit, some people call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They call it the coming upon of the Holy Spirit. The whole uh, purpose of it is to give you the power to be his witness. He says um, that you shall receive power, dudomos, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's the word epi. 
and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So there's the coming of the Holy Spirit in you when you're a believer, and then the Holy Spirit coming upon you. People say, how do I have that? And we got one minute left before break, so I'm going to say this real quick, uh, Ken, is that yes. that Jesus said, how much more the Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You ask in faith, Lord, I just want more of you. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And you see throughout the book of Acts, you can point out, if you do a study, how the disciples, the believers, were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. But they are already saved, so the Holy Spirit was in them. So take a look at those things. Ken, I think it really help you as you walk it, your parents through that. All right? Okay, thank you so much. You bet. God bless you. Let me know how it goes, okay? I will. Hey, we're going to we're going to be right back. We got open lines or a couple open lines. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. This is Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley with you once again. Uh, and so blessed to be with you, so blessed to be a part of your lives as you're listening on Grace FM, and if you're listening on Hope or Truth FM on the East Coast, if you're listening online, um, we're so uh, blessed to be a part of your lives, and uh, I'd love for you to call in. we got a couple open lines, and uh, so... Uh, give me a call at 303-690-3000. There's also a dedicated text line for you to be able to call. And so um, I hope that you can do that safely and call in and uh, to be able to call in and uh, ask a question or give a prayer request. So that number is 720-336-0897 is that number. So I'd love to to have you um, ask your questions or give your prayer requests, uh, and let's talk about the things of the Lord uh, here today. And uh, um, I do want to uh, encourage you as we're headed towards the weekend, as I try to do this um, on Fridays, uh, but uh, I want to encourage you, make sure that you're in fellowship if you can this weekend. Uh, I know life gets busy, and there's a lot of activities, and a lot of things that are going on in our lives. Um, but I would encourage you be in fellowship. I've really been pressing that point uh, because I talk to a lot of people that aren't in fellowship, and the enemy just loves to separate us, um, to isolate us. That's a tool of the enemy, and uh, I uh, want to encourage you that there is benefit and blessing in being in fellowship, so make sure that you're going to a good Bible-believing church uh, that you're with the brethren, that you're in a place where you can use your spiritual gifts. And the Bible commands and uh, says it's, that we should not forsake the assembly of ourselves together as is the matter of some. And, and especially in the day in which we're living in, because we need to be encouraged. We need to be in a place where we're hearing the Word of God, we're being prayed for, uh, that you have support from brothers and sisters in the Lord. Um, so um, I just encourage you um, this weekend, uh, there's a Saturday night service, a Sunday morning, um, be in fellowship, be in church. 
And uh, all the technology is wonderful. We can use it because I know some people can't. Uh, the live streams and all of that. But that's not to be a substitute for actually being in fellowship. So I want to encourage you in that and be plugged in and be blessed and uh, be with the believers. Um, what a privilege it is for us to be able to do that. Hey, I do want to uh, welcome, we got a listener that regularly listens from Ukraine. And so listening right now, it's, it's one thirty in the morning, so I want to welcome you. I uh, hope you're blessed. Uh, uh, praying for our brothers and sisters that are overseas. Um, we need to remember them. And um, and I had the, the blessing to visit with John uh, Bonner, who is the uh, uh, oversees the Calvary Chapel Bible College in Peru. He's been there for 20 years. Uh, we had time to fellowship this week. It was such a tremendous blessing and a sweet, sweet spirit. You know, uh, Timothy was told to be an example in word and conduct and uh, in faith and in love and in spirit. And that word spirit is just, um, some people just have a very sweet spirit. You you talk with them, and it's just, they're full of the Spirit of God. They're humble. It just radiates. And that was John, uh, Pastor John. And he's been around the Calvary chapels for a long time, longer than I have, and has many relationships with the pastors and um, has been faithful to the ministry down there in Peru. So we want to remember those who are in the mission fields, and um, we want to uh, always support them and pray for them. And uh, so we welcome you in Ukraine. Uh, and we got brothers and sisters that we're connected to all across the globe. And remember that we are one body. We are uh, one body in Christ. So just want to encourage you, Annette, remind you that. 303-690-3000. Give me a call. Let's go to Teresa in Denver. Hi, Teresa. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. You're on Calvary Live. My question is about um, the Jewish people, uh, and I'm not Jewish. I was just reading. So I guess I'm, I'm a little bit confused as to why, if they're God's chosen people, that they would be the ones that don't recognize or don't see Jesus as the Messiah. And so then the ones that die, I mean, if they've, if they've died then, and they're not believing in Jesus, then they're, they're not going to go to heaven, correct? Yeah. Paul writes about that in the book of Romans. Um, and he says in chapter 9, in chapters 9, 10, and 11, it might be good chapters for you to read, only take you a few minutes. But he turns to, he, in chapters 1 through 8, um, Teresa, he, he is talking about, you know, this wonderful gospel that I'm not ashamed of. Um, and it's incredible theology. And then all of a sudden, chapter 9 comes along, and it's like Paul turns to his countrymen, and he says, I tell you the truth in Christ, in chapter 9, I'm not lying. My conscience also bears me witness of the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh. And and he's expressing this sorrow because they have not come to Christ. But he he goes on and he says that, you know, they pertain 
the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, the promises. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about, you know, the benefits that we have experienced because God's chosen people, Israel. God chose to work through Israel to to show himself that he is real and to also be a witness to the other nations. But Israel ends up rejecting Jesus as their Messiah, as a nation. So he goes on in chapter 10, and he says, They being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. So there are those who come along today, um, and they say, Teresa, that there's a, a dual covenant, that the Jews are automatically saved, because they are God's chosen people. And the Bible doesn't teach that at all. Why would Paul be grieving over them, you know, and says, I wish I myself were cursed from God for the salvation uh, of the Jews, for my countrymen? Um, And he says they seek their own righteousness, um, seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God that only comes through Jesus Christ. But then in chapter 11, he talks about a time in the future when there's going to be a national restoration. He said blindness has come in part to them, um, to the Jews. Um, It's not a complete blindness because some have come to recognize that Jesus is their Mashiach. And he says that blindness has come in part, has happened to Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and so all of Israel will be saved as it is written. So there is a future restoration that is yet ahead. God has made promises to Israel. He's going to keep those promises of a national restoration. And um, and there's still his chosen people in that sense that he chose them. He has promises given to them. He has a covenant with them, and he's going to keep that covenant to where their eyes are going to be open. But the only salvation that comes to any man or any woman is faith in Jesus Christ. And here's the thing, Teresa, if the Old Testament sacrifices and the covenants and the feast and the religious ceremonies and all that, if that could save anyone, then why did Jesus have to come and die for our sins? So there is no dual covenant. There is only one way to salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. Period. That's very simple. He didn't say, I am a way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we know that salvation comes to them. But they are called, chosen by God. He's made a covenant with them. And he has a future restoration in store for them. He's not through with his people. In chapter 11, it says, has God cast away his people? Certainly not. And uh, so he talks about that future restoration coming to them. Does that kind of help sort everything out, Teresa? Well, it does. However, the people between now and that restoration, those Mm -hmm. that die that have not... um, that don't believe in Come Jesus, to, then they're they're going to be lost. Yeah, then. yeah, exactly, and that's why Paul is grieving. He says, "I have a great sorrow and continual grief in my heart." He said, "I wish I myself could be a curse for my brethren," and, and he is, you know, he's grieving for them. He says, "My heart's desire and prayer to God in chapter ten is for Israel that they may be saved." 
So Paul makes it very, very clear. You know, my prayers, they would come to salvation. But he just got through eight chapters talking about the only way to salvation is through right. Jesus Christ. And, and that's for any man or any woman. So that's what the Bible teaches. Okay. Thank you. I Does appreciate it. You bet. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have a good weekend, okay? Thank you. You too. All right. Yeah, that's one of the questions that come, and there are those who have a dual covenant that say that because they're God's chosen people, um, that they're automatically saved. Uh, salvation comes through Jesus Christ alone, and that's the gospel message. And we need to, we need to proclaim it, and we need to stand on that. And Paul does in chapters nine, ten, and eleven of the book of Romans. Um, let's go to hey, we got an open line. We still got plenty of time in the show. The number to call is three zero three six nine zero three thousand. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor. Jeff Figs, let's go to Bill in Fort Collins. Bill? Yeah, hi, yeah, hi, hi Jeff. How um, are you? My, my question is... Uh, sorry. It's okay. Um, my, uh, my wife was finally successful with her divorce that she worked extremely hard at, and she claims to be a professed Christian, and we mm-hmm. attend a Christian church here in Fort Collins, and really never once has she done work utilized for community or any anything that would be an example to the children of, of fighting for her marriage and her relationship and her family and to honor God. So I'm trying to be an example to my children. Um, mm-hmm. And... You know, I also want to state for uh, my wife's not here to defend herself. This is, right. you know, you're, you're hearing that from me, and I want to be fair about yeah. that. Um, yeah, and I and, I would suggest that. Go ahead, Bill. Um, and my concern is are the children, is who my heart's breaking for. Um, my kids know what's right and what's wrong. They know what's in their heart, and they know what they've been taught, and what their church shares and their Christian faith shares and what Jesus shares. And my daughter especially just got into the junior high youth group where my son is at, and um, they love going there, and it's only at a certain time. And that's when my wife, ex-wife, goes to that service as well. And basically, I'm like, I'm not there worshiping. Um, I'm not... My mind knows what I should be doing, but I'm struggling with. I'm trying to be the example. I'm still leader of the leader of the of whatever. whatever you're still family father. I have left. You're still father to your children. Yes, yes, and um, it's a mental thing for me. I'm sure right now, um, but I'm right. trying to be there and be an example. And um, I just find myself not. I'm not. Um, I'm not engaged like I like I normally am. I'm still thinking about, right. right? You know, God God can still fix this marriage type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Bill, you're in a difficult situation because um, you're hurting right now and you're grieving yeah. over your marriage. <clears throat> you know, the Bible says, whenever anybody comes in and uh, wants to, you know, um, go through premarital counseling. The very first question that I ask them is, what's the definition of marriage? 
And I get all yeah. kinds of definitions. And we know that the definition is that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So there's a one flesh that takes place. And when divorce happens, there's a tearing away of that one flesh. And and, and um, so, you know, there's hurt and you're grieving and you're in church and right now it's it can be overwhelming. And what I'm hearing from you, you're still the father of your kids. You want to be a part of their lives and they're in youth group, which is good. Um, and I wish I had a a um, patent answer for you, but I think that it's it's going to take time um, for you to heal, uh, for you to be able to be there to worship, because not only you want to be there to be an example, but you need to be ministered to as well. And that's going to be important, because if you're not ministered to, it's going to be a lot harder for you to minister to your children. And, and to your little ones, you know, I call them little. They're in middle school. They And and so that's what you're dealing with, and, and that's what you're facing. And, and so I, I pray that you can go to, to worship, to study God's Word. You're saying there's a big distraction there. You can't do anything about her being there. Um, she has the right to be there. Um, I don't know what, you know, the arrangements are with the kids and stuff, but I think the example that you can be is um, to as much gentleness as you can um, to be there and as much grace and to focus on the kids and focus on the Lord. There's going to be a little bit of a transition in that right now because you are overwhelmed. And I think that as you, you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, help me with this, because right now I'm hurting, and um, I can't focus on you when I'm in worship. Uh, I can't focus on the Word. It's hard to focus on my kids. Just help me as you go through day by day, do it bit by bit, um, as you're going through that process of forgiving. And always remember that forgiving doesn't always mean there's going to be restoration. But as you're forgiving and trying to move forward, be in that place of prayer, He's going to give you the grace that is sufficient for what's in front of you on that day at that time and and to minister his comfort to you. So that's what I want to pray for you. And um, But in the meantime, it's just going to take time, Bill. Yeah, and I, it, yeah, and I don't know what I was expecting to hear in the sense of, of um, I know you and I, know, I just know how, I just know what's the right thing to do. It's like I'm searching... I'm waiting for that one little thing. When you open up the fridge, something's going to magically appear that wasn't there the mm-hmm. 20 other times you open the fridge. And it's right. like, like I'm trying divorce care. It, I, I hate being there. It just, it just, I'm a family right. man. I'm a, I wanted to raise Christian kids. It's like, I, I feel like there's, I wish there was like a, I need to almost like be retrained on how to be a dad because saying I'm overwhelmed is, is beyond. Yeah. And it and it is overwhelming, and and it's hard to focus and to get through the day, but that's why I say moment by moment, as you just turn to the Lord and cry out to Him, and and I want to read to you from Psalm sixty one, and David was overwhelmed at that time, and it concerned his family, he didn't know what was going to happen, you know, to his family, and uh, he's out in the wilderness, and he's at the end of his 
you know, uh, rope. And he says, Hear my cry, O God, and attend to my prayer. And from the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. And lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you've been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. And I will abide in your tabernacle forever, and I will trust in the shelter of your wings. And then in the next psalm he writes, My soul waits silently for you, God, alone, and my hope is from him. And so you're waiting on the Lord, and you're going to him. But you probably feel like you're at the end of, of you know, your world right now with the divorce and the hurting for the kids and you're a family man. But you cry out to him and he will hear you and moment by moment that you just stay close to him. And then that one thing that you're looking for that's going to jump out, he'll begin to show you things. He'll begin to show you things over time. He's going to be faithful to you and he's going to strengthen you during this time. And again, you'll see... He'll give you the grace and the comfort that you need to get through today and through that Sunday service and when you see your kids and all the things that you're involved in. So hopefully that brings some comfort to you. Yeah, it does. Can I pray for you, Bill? (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I pray for Bill. My brother's hurting, and he's gone through a divorce, and um, and. Lord, he he needs you right now. He needs your comfort. He needs your strength. He needs healing. And Lord, I just pray that as he desires to still be the father and minister to his children and, and be everything to them that you called him to be, that you give him the strength to do that. And Lord, um, that as he's in church right now, that he would be able to to be comforted by you to come to that place of worshiping you, hearing your word, and there's many distractions right now because of the hurt. And as his heart is overwhelmed, that you would lead him to the rock that is higher than him, that you'd be a shelter for him, and that he would abide under the shadow of your wings, Lord. Lord, may he perceive your presence, give him wisdom, Lord, help him be that example to his kids that he so desperately wants to be. And I know that you're going to honor that, Lord. And Lord, just be with him. And Lord, strengthen him every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Jeff. You need prayer, Bill? You call me, okay? You call us and we'll be praying for you. Okay, brother? Yeah, thank you. Okay. You have a good weekend. All right, 303-690-3000. we still got some time. Let's go to Kathy in Philadelphia. Kathy? Kathy, are you there? Kathy had a prayer request. She must have dropped, but we're going to go ahead and pray. She wanted prayer for her brother, Michael, who just got out of the hospital after being there for a month, was in a coma for two and a half weeks, physical therapy starting. So Kathy... Um, I don't know if you're listening online or if you're listening on uh, Hope FM, uh, but I want you to know that we are going to pray. And so, Father, I pray for Kathy, for her brother, Michael. Uh, just got out of the hospital, a long stay there for a month in a coma for two and a half weeks. He's going to start physical therapy. And I just ask that you bring healing to him, that um, that 
uh, as he goes through the physical therapy that he gets stronger, you know exactly what his condition is, what it, that he is dealing. I thank you that you've brought him out of that coma and Lord that he's out of the hospital. And, um, and as he has to learn to walk again, that you would strengthen his legs, that you would bless him, that you would minister to him, Lord. So Lord, um, I just, uh, lift him up. I pray that you be with Kathy, help her to be able to minister to her brother Michael, be with the, the physical therapist, the medical team that is working with him. And Lord, uh, may your hand be upon him. And um, Lord, just uh, again, we just pray for strength, for wisdom, for comfort that comes from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Kathy, we're going to be praying. Thanks for that prayer request. Um, we do have open lines. I'm going to go to uh, a text question. Uh, one text question has come in, and the text question is: In the old, uh, is the Old Testament important to study? I was told it, it is not anymore. Uh, your thoughts? My thought is: is that the Old Testament is important to study, and so um, we know that the Word of God says that all scripture is inspired by God. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16. You know, I used to teach a high school, um, old and new Testament survey. And that was the first verse that I would have the students, uh, to, uh, remember is that verse, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for, uh, correction for, um, Reproof for instruction in righteousness that uh, we may be thoroughly thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Old Testament is very very important, and um, and it's important to study. So here at Calvary Chapel Greeley, we go through the books of the Old Testament, and uh, we gain from them. Uh, we learn from them to understand the New Testament better is to know the Old Testament. Uh, I mean, you have the wonderful Psalms, you have the book of Isaiah, you have the prophecy. Um, and so all Scripture is God-breathed from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation twenty two twenty one, And I get very concerned when I hear about that the Old Testament is not important to study. It is extremely important, all of the canon of Scripture. And so please don't let anybody snow you about um, that the Old Testament is not important to study. And I've even had before ministry leaders and even pastors tell me that certain books of the Old Testament are not worth studying through. They are important to study. And uh, you might be thinking, what about the book of Leviticus? Well, the book of Leviticus is a book that was written to show how the priests were to serve and to worship and obey a holy God. Don't we want to know that? Of course, the principles that are there, the the application that we can make, uh, certainly we gain from it. Uh, we see the sacrifices that are there in the book of Leviticus that point to Jesus Christ, all fulfilled by Christ. And it was Jesus that said to the religious leaders that you search the Scriptures, and in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they which testify of me. And when Jesus was talking to the religious leaders at that time, he was talking about the Old Testament scriptures, and he says, they testify of me. And as you go through the Old Testament, it speaks of Jesus. It's all fulfilled by Jesus. It points to Jesus. So the Old Testament is extremely important for us to study. 
So don't let anybody tell you that it's not. And all scripture is important from Genesis to Revelation. There may be somebody that comes along and says, well, don't study the book of Revelation. Again, I hear, unfortunately, you know, Bible teachers and, and pastors that say, we won't study the book of Revelation. You can't understand it. Well, there's a blessing that is attached to the study of the book of Revelation, to those who read the words, those who hear the words, and those who keep these words. The book of Revelation was meant to be studied. So every book of the Bible, all 66 books of the canon of Scripture, is very important for us as believers. And it is beneficial, and it is profitable for us, um, useful, um, and um, it is the way that we can test the spirits to see if they are of God. So, yes, uh, definitely yes. The Old Testament is very, very important to study. And, you know, we've been going through the Old Testament on Wednesday nights, and uh, we just got through with Isaiah before we'd done the study with uh, Revelation. And then we're going to go back to Jeremiah. It was an incredible study, Isaiah. What an incredible book. So study the Scriptures. And again, I want to encourage you. I think the great need in the church today is to continue to study the Word of God in your devotions. Read your Bible every single day. Read your Bible every single day, and then belong to a church that is firm in teaching the Scriptures, uh, all of it, from Genesis to Revelation. And that's great need. So, as I said, be in fellowship this weekend. God bless you. Thank you. All of you called in and part of the show. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Have a great weekend. God bless you. Stay close to the Lord. And um, so blessed to be with you once again. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.